Hello, welcome to Rebel Civics on the Unsafe Space Network. Today we got TC, uh, aka he Black Minnesota Black Robe Regiment. That's a site that he runs. He's going to give us the summary of a Lisa Hansen story and the breaking news of her victory, and then talk about TC's similar story. Both fought government tyrannical lockdowns, destroying small businesses and lives. These two stories really show how you could be a sweet, soft-spoken coffee shop owner and mother or a sheriff's deputy and veteran. If the government finds it useful to use you as an example to scare the slaves into submission, it will do so. They could care less about your life. And their stories show how you can win by standing tall. So, TC, welcome to Rebel Civics. Well, I really appreciate you you having me on. I, I when you when you're doing the description there about being a sweet, soft spoken coffee shop owner, I'm like, no one's ever accused me of being sweet or soft spoken. <laughs> and then I realized you were talking about Lisa. So <laughs> but, uh, that's that's good. That's funny. Um, yeah, I've watched several Lisa shows, but um, yeah, I think I think we should open with like, would you uh, give your bio so people know who you are? How much? How much do you want? I, uh, I. Uh, well, from seeing your written one, I, I don't know, a minute or two. Minute, a minute or two. I can, I can do that. Can um, you do that? Go for it. I, I have to remember I'm on somebody else's show, so yes, like I can't just take over. Might be uh, a little shorter than normal. <laughs> a little shorter than my normal. Yeah. So uh, I have always been very interested in uh, geopolitical and. Um, local political kind of philosophical cultural political ramblings that you that you see in the United States especially and I've always kind of watched as a watchman to warn people of things that are coming and so leading up to uh, March of 2020 I was kind of telling people look this coof thing is is dangerous. It's, it's not going to be what we think it is. They're going to, they're going to strip us of a lot of our freedoms and our liberties. And, you know, I got a lot of people kind of uh, frowned on me telling them that, you know, making jokes about, you know, tinfoil hats and tinfoil on the windows. And, and so as it all started to play out and I was like literally predicting all of this stuff happening, you know, how it was going to play out. I, especially here in Minnesota, I, I told them exactly what was going to happen almost to the date and and what their expectations would be and everybody especially former co-workers and and it all started to kind of prove out and people were really started asking me a lot more questions and so i said i really need to talk about this and so on april 25th that it was a saturday morning i decided to launch the channel and i did a little very unprofessional intro video with my GoPro and uploaded it and, hit, and then threw everything in my car and drove up to St. Paul to the governor's mansion where there was a scheduled protest taking place. And I um, got there early enough to catch the crowds coming in and did a lot of man on the street interviews that day. And the channel's gone from there. And it, in a very short period of time, um, caught some traction as far as locally uh, i mean at that by the time i got home at the end of that event i think i had like five to or ten subscribers on the channel and i had no content at all other than my <laughs> intro video uh, but i did get on the radar of my former employer um, by the end of may and 
was approached about my positions and content and how I needed to be careful uh, because people could figure out where I worked because I, you know, people know who I am. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I just kind of kept going. Deputy sheriff. I was a sheriff's deputy for uh, Olmstead County, Minnesota, third largest metro area in the state. Um, Third behind St. Paul. It was Minneapolis, St. Paul, and then the Rochester area. And that's where I was working uh, in the detention end of the law enforcement world. And I just went on about my business. And we can get to the the details on that Mm -hmm. um, further on. And I went, went on about my business, started interviewing small business owners who were suffering under the lockdowns. And one of the people that I became aware of was Lisa Hansen. When the second round of shutdowns um, was ordered, I had been telling people for two months that Governor Tim Walls was going to shut down the people state of Mark's soda. And, uh, then, and I told them this was coming and a group of business owners in Minnesota got together and said, we're going to resist this time. It was 120, 150 business owners or so. And Lisa Hansen was one of them. And I became aware of her. She's only an hour away from me. And so it was a very, um, sleety, um, bad weather day in Minnesota. Uh, I drove the hour, but it ended up being more than an hour. I drove an hour over and just very quietly entered the interchange coffee and wine bistro, sat down and observed the crowd that had come in to do business with her since she was open and just talked to a few people about it and nothing recorded, just having a, you know, just regular conversation. And people are like, we're glad she's doing this. She has every right to do this. She should be doing this. We support her fully. And so then I went over, unbeknownst to me, while I was eating a sandwich and drinking a cup of coffee and talking to people, the Minnesota Department of Public Safety investigators had come in and presented an order to Lisa ordering her to shut down. And I missed it. I didn't see this take place. And then I went, so then after this person, that investigator left. I went over, introduced myself to Lisa and said, Hey, my name's TC. I I have a YouTube channel. I'd love to have you on for an interview sometime to talk about why you're doing what you're doing. She had her kids vet me and uh, they said, he looks, he looks like the real deal, mom. And uh, it's, you know, I'm sure that uh, she's probably hung her head in numerous times since, since then, because I had her on uh, very short time after that, but I had put out a juxtaposition video where I went through and I, um, drove from Albert Lee to Rochester, Minnesota. And I recorded video in parking lots. Cause this is right around Christmas of 2020 of 2020. Uh, and a recorded video of parking lots, like at home Depot and Lowe's and, um. Menards and the mall and Walmart showing these places were just packed full of people out doing Christmas shopping while her little coffee bistro, coffee and wine bistro in 18,000 plus Albert Lee, Minnesota couldn't be open while all of these other places were. And I did that juxtaposition video preemptively uh, to having Lisa on, had her on. We became fast friends. I took part in a couple of uh, her protests and they started charging her criminally and I started to speak out against it and they came after me. They literally came after me for, 
And, and when I say they, I don't mean at that time, it wasn't my employer that targeted me. It was the city attorney of Albert Lee, along with the chief of police of Albert Lee, who doxed me, figured out who I was and where I worked, filed formal complaints about my video content with my employer and called the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. So Minnesota's beat FBI and and the FBI and reported me and then filed a formal complaint with my employer. And that started the ball rolling on the attack on me. Wow. And so, and you've you've moved into the summary of Lisa Hansen's story, mm -hmm. which is going to do first. And then we'll cover yours next. That's the kind of yep. where I was thinking. Like the Absolutely. history, that's that's start of it. Um, this is your yeah, show, boss. Protest. You're in charge. You tell me what to say. I'll say it. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think I seen some of the videos. Like I saw the unsafe space video about the original one, and I saw one of yours back then too. That's when I found out about it. it was from actually from Carter doing unsafe space show, and, and then finding out about you and watching your show. And you know, I I was like, this is like ridiculous. And yeah. I live in South Florida in one of the best counties in Florida. Like we didn't have very much of this here. Mm. Like, like about the time that was going on, they, I think they were reopening the bars here shortly after that. Yeah. I, about and, and the like, only, that's what happened here. About the only state that was better than Florida, not about, but the only state that was better than Florida was South Dakota with Christine yeah. as, with gov as governor at the helm there. She but, never did know, anything. Nothing, she, right? nothing. Nothing. I mean, DeSantis did like two weeks and looked around and went, this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he did lock and, down. I do occasionally remind people of that. Yeah, he did lock and, down. And so I don't want to get into DeSantis, but yeah. I know no, but he did, he did like two weeks and then he was like, okay, yeah. this is stupid and opened God. back up. And Christy Noem didn't. Whereas Governor Walls doubled down all the time. And, yeah. I mean, and he had, you know, Keith Ellison, the attorney general, was really the driving charge on that. Uh, and they went after Lisa with a with a vengeance, with a vengeance. And, and with your show and Unsafe Space, and I assume a couple other people reported. I mean, you don't see it on Fox News, right? Um, I think Lisa did a, and you know, I, and I know Fox that. News? I think she did a stint, a, a very brief conversation on Fox News. You'd have to. I think you're in communication Tuck, with Tucker. Lisa to, yes, yeah, you just gave your email. So yeah, it might and, and just Tucker. since you mentioned that, I'm just I'll tell everybody now, like. I'm planning on doing the next show, same topic, except with Lisa Hansen. With Lisa. And thanks, thanks for setting that up. That's great. Oh, hey. Lisa's um, a friend, and I, you know, I consider you in that same camp. So I'm hoping um, to do that next week, but that's not we haven't scheduled a recording yet. But yeah, I'm hoping to do that yeah. next week and do two back to back episodes on this. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, a I'm personally I'm like first off, everybody knows almost everybody knows it's over. But I do live in Florida and there's no problem here. I've been talking about this on my previous show, Liberty Solutions, and and now Rebel Civics, like and writing about it on Uncovered DC. Like, it's okay here. There's no way that the Florida government is going to go after me like this, and probably not even Minnesota now, right? To reopened. But but that protest, I was just gonna make. I've watched that first video. I don't know if the. I think the first one I saw was Unsafe Space with Carter, and then I saw yours, and I remember at the time thinking that protest, which was the mildest form of protest you could ever imagine. I started thinking, you know, and I've been saying this ever since, uh, George Washington would have brought a thousand men in cannon to that protest. Like that's what, that's what the people who created this country would think about that. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's, about that. That's the thing that I try to point out to people is that, I mean, even in her dissident position at the time, Lisa was very passive. 
she complied with the first round of shutdowns. Uh, she, she didn't, you know, run around screaming and hollering about how horrible it was. I mean, she suffered under, under the first round, but she complied. And it was only when the second round came around and she said, we can't, I can't do this. And, and there were other compelling reasons, but nothing more compelling than the future of the Republic for her. And that's what really kind of endeared her to me was she's like, I'm doing this for my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids and future generations. This isn't about me. Mm -hmm. It's about employees, right? And her her employees employees. and and, and it touched me because she was literally facing a giant in this situation. And, And it wasn't because it wasn't just Kelly Don Martinez, the city attorney of Albert Lee, and it wasn't just the chief of police of Albert Lee. It was the entire state was coming after her. People don't understand. Like they sent, they, they had agents, state agents that were dedicated to watching YouTube videos and Facebook videos and news reports. And, and they were, they were walking by wow. And in taking pictures and they were coming in and they were, you know, it's, it was spying. It was, it was state spycraft spying on her. And, wow. And so we did a march prior to one of the, to the, the, the protests that really got the attention. We did a march, got a lot of traction with people. Over 200 people showed up for the march. So she pro, she scheduled a protest for, the end of January of 2021. And that protest was, she titled it nail, the nail walls to the wall celebration. And what it was, was that governor walls, along with the duplicitous Republican party of Minnesota and the, and the Democrats of Minnesota were issuing these compensation checks to business owners. And I think the check that she was issued in, in, it was several, several, several thousand dollars was supposed to somehow pay off, pay her off, pay off business owners in general for agreeing to shut down, but yet keep them functioning. And she's like, this is tax. These are taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. I want to return this money to the taxpayers. And so she, what she did is she scheduled this nail walls to the wall protest and she brought people in. She had a live band she served food for free and drink for free because she's not allowed to sell it because she wasn't technically allowed to. I mean, well, she could, as long as it was carried only. Oh, okay. But so she, she was giving this away by using this check to pay for it. And she even agreed to shut down food service at 10 o'clock, which was, you know, the, even at carry out, you had to stop doing it. There was a curfew of 10, she agreed to all of that. Antifa and Black Lives Matter caught wind of it, of this protest, and they threatened to come wow. down and disrupt it. And I'm like, what? what's your, why? What, what, what's your whole, Some, per, why would Antifa and Black yeah. Lives Matter, you know, like Antifa should be out there providing security, you know, because yeah. this is like, that's the very thing that they're against is an authoritarian state, but they were going to come and protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, not I, I have to interrupt you in that. I think they're actually about an authoritarian state, hundred percent. But they want to be the authority. That's well, what Antifa I, and right, Black Lives I'm, Matter I'm is. I'm saying 
I'm sorry. Sarcastically, I'm saying okay. sarcastically. You know, like Antifa especially yes. should should have been against authoritarianism. It's actually no, what Antifa means, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, hashtag, hashtag sarcasm. I get in yeah. trouble for subtle and clever sarcasm all the time. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, I love it. I happen to love it. So anyway, I I didn't catch that, and I'm uh, I'm embarrassed when somebody pulls off a clever sarcastic remark. That I don't catch. It's just embarrassed. <laughs> so, it won't happen with me often. Trust me. I'm I'm always the dumbest man in the room. We're like um, 15 minutes in, and it already happened. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, that's that whole protest. Uh, as I said about my county, like as far as standing up, um, to to me, like you were a deputy sheriff. Like to me, like the police are not going to stop that. No way. That's not even their job. Their job is to close Lisa's store. A sheriff's job is to go and stop that. Who cares what the city thinks, right? That's the sheriff's jobs in the county. You know, and just I, in the, and you I, you know I, more about this than me, well, I guess. But so I'll I'll, I'll bring up your show from uh, last week where you were talking about the sheriff's deputy and the and the sheriff of the county that uh, intervened in this uh, veteran with PTSD and how the ATF was going to mm -hmm. come and. And you had said something that the sheriff is the highest law enforcement authority in in a county. And I agree with that, but that the sheriff can even tell the chief of police what to do. And uh, no, it's hard for him to do that. Yeah, it, it's it's he could get the funded. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's matter. exactly that's exactly <laughs> the case. Sure, the sheriff is elected by the people and therefore everybody who serves under the sheriff works directly for the sheriff and therefore works directly for the people. And the sheriff doesn't technically answer to a county board. And the sheriff can go in and look at the chief of police and say, "You're not enforcing this stuff, even in the city, because we're not going to uh, we're not going to allow you to bring your arrest into our detention center or our jail. So we're not going so to back do you that. up on this. He could do that, which is a, a form of nullification, really. Yeah. the The problem is, is that there's such a you know, excuse the terminology. There's such a pissing contest about jurisdictional authority in a lot of these cases mm -hmm. that where a lot of sheriffs don't want to, even though they're not going to like go and enforce these mandates or these executive okay. orders, they're not going to get into the pissing contest of telling the chief of police of a city like you're not going to enforce this. I think they should. I really do. They I think should, I think yeah. they should. In fact, they should threaten mm -hmm. to arrest the chief of police who who does this. But you bring up this, you brought up a really good point that, you know, at the event that we're talking about, the state in all of her, at, in, in all of her um, manifestations, the state state and the city state in this situation sent in undercover agents, spies of this for the state to gather evidence for criminal prosecution of the event. Which really, it it could no. have ended up with not just Lisa being charged, but they could have literally come after every single person that showed up at that protest if they wanted to. And what they're doing there is, as I interpret it, they're looking for a good case. Like if somebody wants to say case of Supreme Court, you look for the perfect mm -hmm. victim. They're looking for the perfect victim to hold up to scare the people. Mm -hmm. And they look for hundred. They got a whole team looking for that. And yeah, they picked they, you, and they picked her. They picked. They. I mean, they they spent. Thousands of dollars just on this tax, event alone between tax money. of tax of tax dollars on investigators and equipment and the chief of police of Albert Lee, J.D. Carlson. I call him Carlson the coward. 
colluded with the city attorney, Kelly Don Martinez, colluded with her to use a confidential, reliable informant to gather evidence, video and, and, and still picture evidence of the event. And for those of you who, who don't know, who maybe are new to the criminal world, 98% of the time, a confidential, reliable informant is a criminal, a person who is facing wow. s- severe criminal charges at the 98%. very least. 98%. Wow, 90. I, easily 98%. Be- wow. Because you don't just get somebody who volunteers, right? You don't get some jack wagon who yeah. just shows up at the chief of police office and, and says, hey, I know you. there's this event going on and I disagree with it. Yeah. And I'm a law-abiding citizen and I want to come and help you. Normally what ends up <laughs> happening in the case of a confidential reliable informant is that they, they talk to somebody in law enforcement and they like, you got me dead to rights on this particular case. You get me a deal, I'll get you information. What what do you need? And in this situation, they sent this confidential, reliable informant in. There again, without knowing they who they it, are. Right? You're using without, their title for that. Right. right I'm reliable, using their confidential. Title. I'm using their title. Sends in this person who is more than likely, based on, on history of what a CRI is, sent this criminal person in to gather evidence on a non-criminal. Lisa was not a criminal. The only thing that she was mm-hmm. doing was was defying tyrannical executive orders and mandates from a governor. Unconstitutional ones. Unconstitutional <laughs> ones. <laughs> which is illegal, which means they're illegal. Exactly. So they're criminal too. Like the actual right. criminals here, the real crim- the bigger criminals, the government. Yeah, literally the criminal activity here is the chief of police using a criminal to gather information, video and photographic evidence that was then turned over to the city attorney and over to the state to aid in prosecuting a law-abiding member of the community for defying unlawful unconstitutional orders. And and they selected her. And they selected her to make an example. They selected her as a great, she is a great example because yeah. you know, um, and they and they held her up to all the way to the state level. Um, yeah, that, that's she's horrible. still facing state. Pro- she's still facing state. Oh, cases. okay. We haven't really finished the summary, or, and we will yeah. trust me, everybody. We will get to the breaking news eventually. Yeah. So, and but I you just Lisa understand can, the background. Lisa can tell her story far better than I can. So, uh, yeah, I would prefer because that's confirmed. We just have to set a recording time, or maybe mm-hmm. she'll do it live. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, if this, she airs, watches, this airs a Wednesday. If she watches this back, I'll uh, jokingly say to her ahead of time, Lisa, you should do it live. It's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're doing this as if it's live to make the editing yeah. easier so we can get the breaking news out. Well, we don't want to upset possible. Carter. So. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, that's impossible. Um, <laughs> so, and so, so, yeah, Lisa the, the, ended up getting... Protest, Lisa ended up getting out of that protest. I think it was no mm-hmm. less than nine different criminal charges. And I think they were wow. all misdemeanors or that's maybe, ludicrous. you know, that's yeah. Ludicrous. See, Just, that's what I say about sheriff. And I think you agreed like the sheriff should have stopped that. Even the city police were there and there were state cops there. Sheriffs. And w- when I look at a perspective of a sheriff, my sheriff is pretty good. My County, mm-hmm. like I, I voted to reelect them. The only significant Antifa BLM protest that was held here uh, right after um, 
what's his name? The new hero of the movement from Minnesota. George Floyd. <laughs> the, the, yeah. There was, I don't know, a month went once like there was being held every once like Oregon, Portland was burning to the ground and Seattle. And uh, somebody did set one up here. They're not very strong in Florida. And one of the reasons is like a fairly big one. Down. There was a pretty big one in my county set up at a mall, like one of the biggest business areas around. They they set it up. They promoted it for a week or two when it was starting and, and all this. Um, there was announcements made like, don't do this. Um, but they didn't care. They did it anyway. Um, what they did was uh, maybe an hour before the protest was going to happen, they closed the mall. And sent everybody home. There's no one there. They locked all the doors and put chains on them. They closed the mall. And there were there was my sheriff and something like a hundred deputies there. I think someone for other counties. And when the the protesters showed up, uh, they kind of sat in the back in their car. And then when the protest started, like the second the protest started, the sheriff of my county walked up to them with dozens of deputies standing right behind him and he they knew who the leader was they walked up and they said that if you don't leave this property immediately you will all be arrested and charged and this demonstration lasted for like one minute and it was the only one that ever happened blm and antifa never tried it and he said it i wasn't there but he said it in a manner that everybody just picked up their signs and they just quietly walked off and a couple of them stayed and held up signs on the on route one that's right near that's where the road's on and they just ignored them they're on a sidewalk they ignored that and yeah. there was only it's a when few you start did that and down. a couple people beat beep their horns the rest of them went home yeah it's when you start shutting down like main thoroughfares that could result in people dying you know which has happened mm -hmm. in many, it happened in minneapolis and st paul uh quite a bit yeah i uh, got a pretty good sheriff the, the guy who almost won the sheriff in the county uh next to me which i'm only a few miles from and i've interviewed him actually uh he's he's a he he ran and lost for sheriff and he's a total constitutional sheriff and mm -hmm. he's a former state cop and former afghan vet uh he almost won and the reason he lost is because the republican sheriff who had ha who, who had had the democrat sheriff i mean who had had that office for many many years um he had a uh, deputy that had just retired and moved to Pennsylvania, they put that deputy up for the uh, Republican Party. And the current sheriff and everybody in the government, mayor, city council, they promoted the hell out of him. They spent a fortune on this guy. He wins the primary. He won the He's a hardcore Democrat, works for this insane sheriff for years and years. And he just retired. He never even came to the county to, to do anything. He just was in his house in Pennsylvania and he won. And shortly after he won, he dropped out of the race. There was no Republican candidate. So the Democrat won. And the guy who was running Republican was great. He would have been the best sheriff in Florida. And he, and he only lost the primary by a small amount. But yeah, that's the kind of shit. I shouldn't say that. I mean, you already said pissing contest. So I guess I'm going to have to hit explicit well, content. I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that for that. It, oh, I didn't know a, that. Yeah, it's a biblical word. Huh? That's, <laughs> it's, that's good to know. Yes. I, um, I'm going to remember that next time somebody accuses me of saying that. Yeah. I point <laughs> that out all the time. It's right in the Bible. Yeah. It can't be bad. Okay, it's so, in the Bible. 
<laughs> it can't uh, be bad. Any, yeah, yeah, we better not go there because that we should do a whole show on it. Yeah, we could do a whole show. Yeah, yeah. so so, so yeah, continue the situ- Lisa's story. Yeah, when you go look ahead. at the situation with Lisa's case, I you know I think the sheriff over there could have done more. I consider Sheriff Freitag, who's going to be former Sheriff Freitag, because he de- decided to retire. Uh, I think he could have done more. I really, I mean that not as a, a, a jab. I think, I think he could have told the state, uh, no, if I find out that you're sending people into my jurisdiction, I'm going to run you out. He really could have, he really could have run could them out that. of his county. He could have <laughs> run them out of the city. But and to, he could, could he have gotten away with that in Minnesota? Even in Minnesota, probably. He's well, not what really you, opening himself up that bad. What, what do you? What do you do in that situation if you're the state patrol? Are you going to, you know, pull a bunch of resources over to 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 have a standoff with a, a local sheriff? That's, That's not going to horrible, end well in the horrible image to the public. A horrible image, and the state patrol is going to lose that image fight. I didn't think about that. Yes, that yeah. would be. That's not a good tactical move. No, not at all. And and but because what had happened was prior to all of this. Keith Ellison's office, the attorney general, had called every single law enforcement agency in the state and every county sheriff and said, hey, we really need your help on this. We need you to help us enforce this. And a lot of sheriffs in Minnesota told him to pound sand. And in this case, Sheriff Freitag told um, Keith Ellison's office, pound sand. We're not helping you. We're not going to help you enforce this. You want to enforce this, you're going to do it without us. I think he could have been harder and said, not only are we not going to help you, but we're going to run you out of the county if you try. And and wow. I think that could have changed a lot of things across the state of Minnesota because Lisa Hansen's not the only victim of this, of, of these businesses. There are a, a, a huge amount of women business owners, especially bar and restaurant owners, suffered under this. They and, picked women? Sexist? Uh, they actually yeah, picked women I, as better I victims? That out. And like in one case, in the case of Larvita McFarquhar, who would be another great interview for you, uh, Larvita is a minority female obviously Ooh, that's a good one a minority female who was victimized by the left by the left for being a dissident wow and uh I can you, probably you know how that. much that yeah, yeah sorry to interrupt as i said earlier like you know how much that scares the tax slaves mm. <laughs> like like yeah, and that, it scares always looking and to make women, an example out of the out of somebody bold Lisa and you, but specifically about women, Lisa is an amazing hero to me, like striking one of the biggest heroes of COVID lockdowns. Like I'm amazed at that story and standing up to that. But uh, statistically, it is far less likely for a woman to stand up to that than a man. That's just how it is. That's I would actually say, I would say, I would, I would, I would dispute that evidentially over here in minnesota over the last two and a half years wow the the most that's interesting the most vocal business owners who who are the most resistant and least likely to cave in in the state of minnesota were women oh that's amazing which i think is a judgment on manhood in the in, in minnesota maybe in the united states today wow um, and just for future reference, I all, always appreciate a fact check when I'm wrong because <laughs> I don't I'm actually not, know the statistics. I'm and, not and saying in Florida. I only know of a few. I know of, of some people in Florida that totally stood up to it firmly. They're all men. So I don't know the full numbers in Florida, but 
Uh, one of them is a pastor of a church who refused to shut down. Another one is a which one was a, that? Is that Rodney, Rodney Howard Brown? I don't remember the name. It's in the uh, Sarasota area, I think. Or um, might be Rodney Howard Brown. I know he got arrested for it. Actually, it's the it's the church that Chris Ann Hall goes to. Do you familiar mm. with her? Yeah, I know. Who she's she is, yeah. she's a stand up woman. She's a totally stand up woman. Yeah, got I'm fired sure as that's... assistant prosecutor for teaching the Constitution to Tea Party people. And yeah, she pretty... and I've learned a lot about it from her. I know I met her many a bunch of times. Um, anyway, yeah, there's another woman that stands up. So that's interesting. You you may have corrected me, which makes well, me want to fact, fact check not, myself. I'm well, not Minnesota, saying... that's the case. In Minnesota, it's been predominantly yeah. women. In fact, it's kind of become a thing in Minnesota now that women are out here saying, "Why are why are we the ones saying where are the men? Where are the men?" Do you I think Lisa it. did that or influenced that? She was early standing up. Right? <sighs> she wasn't. She may have. She actually wasn't early. No, uh, because there were people who started standing up prior. Okay, but they didn't get the coverage. And I was trying to do, get coverage, and I did. I do have some interviews with people who did say, you know, screw it, we're not shutting down, or here's what we're going to lose if we do shut down. The first round went real smooth. There were a few shutdowns. There were a few, you know, forced business closures, like stripping of licenses and stuff. It was the first round that really laid the groundwork for the second round of shutdowns, where you started to see people stand up. <laughs> the problem in the second round of shutdowns in the state of Minnesota was that it was a pretty good number of male and female business owners who agreed they were going to stay open on the day the shutdowns were supposed to start in the fall of 2021 or the fall of 2020. The problem is, is that 125, 150, only a handful stayed open and the majority of those were females, female wow. business owners. And that's great. Men I think that's almost great. without fail, outside of just a couple, um, all shut down. It, it, it they is. Said, a, we're not uh, doing. No, no, never mind. Because they got these threatening letters, and we're going to take your business from you. And and you have to have some form of empathy for for these people. Like you've poured yourself into this, you've you've fought all these you know paperwork fights, you've you've invested all of this money. And they tell you we're going to strip you of your license. So even when this is over, you're going you're you're not going to have a business, and that's gonna that's gonna devastate you. The problem is, is a lot of those businesses that did choose to follow the orders, even they even though they said they weren't going to, ended up by no by by no mandate from the state, ended up losing their businesses because the economic devastation was secondary was such they that they just lives. couldn't recover. And we, we've seen that in downtown Rochester. There have been a massive number of restaurant closings. And Rochester had a massive number of restaurants. But we've just seen a massive number of restaurant closings in the Rochester area. And when you talk to people on the DL, they, they'll tell you, like, it's it's all because of of, of the COOF. It's just there's it, all of the pandemic measures. It, it just it yeah. destroyed us. We just, we just couldn't do it. In fact, we were someplace the other day walking around the mall in Rochester and the champs sporting goods store was closed at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Now, or this was back, back just now. now, just this last Saturday. It's still closed. You're still have, it was closed at two in the days. afternoon for the remainder of the day. And you know, you're only left with speculation because they don't tell you on the sign why it's closed. It's just closed for the remainder of the day. But you can almost guess because the conversation that wow. you're hearing is that since 
the COOF pandemic stuff, they've people just don't get a job anymore. And it's really hard to find people that are willing to work. This and, is a striking state to state difference. It's like, I mean, even though I, I, I feel bad for Minnesotans, um, the difference is striking between Florida and Minnesota or, or New York, New Jersey, um, Massachusetts. And both times in the COVID lockdown state, I was living in Florida where I think I only wore a mask in a grocery store like three or four times. And then I just stopped and our major grocery chain here, two of our major grocery chains here had a policy in the middle of even Florida's mask requirements. Um, when small businesses were shut down for a little bit, it might've been a month. I don't know. Um, they had a policy where no employee was allowed to question a maskless shopper in the grocery store. Um, and it was in the middle of the mass requirements by DeSantis, who, who stopped them very quickly. One of the quickest that did it, like you said, didn't, not as good as South he, Dakota. Didn't he step in and tell school districts that even though you're independent school districts, you're not doing mask mandates for your students? Yeah, that was very early. Yeah. Most almost all states, at least all the, the blue states, did not have in-person schools. And our schools were open. And sometimes the kids would be standing at the bus with masks. And it's really sad, but uh, the the vast majority of masks that I see today in my area are by are, are worn by children. Children, and and I've talked to some. The reason is that they're scared of COVID, and their parents their parents will say, "No, they can take their mask off. I, they want to wear it, so I let them wear it because they're scared." Like that's such a horrible thing. I don't reprimand the wouldn't reprimand parents or something, but I've talked to a bunch of kids who said that. Mm -hmm. they're scared they're going to get covid and they'll die like they don't and even parents will say well they're so malleable kids don't kids die so of covid but they yep. believe their teacher yep. and they they're so the malleable news. i mean that's that's why we teach school when they're young because they're that's malleable the, yeah. they, they and, take information in and that's the and, purpose of government schools <laughs> i'm to love yeah to love that, another conversation keith we're gonna have to turn this into a, Oops, a regular thing. series um, yeah i have to tell carter i'm starting a new series once a month um, anyway, uh, yeah, with the Lisa Hansen story, like, like, you know, m my County had, we were, I was going to bars without a mask when most other States did not allow bars to even open. And I have, I have videos on my channel. If anybody's interested, you can find me Minnesota black robe regiment mm -hmm. on YouTube. I got stuff on rumble as well. And uh, we put the link, we'll put the link in the YouTube show notes, Odyssey, Rumble, and we'll put it on the website. If you want uh, that link, if you don't remember it, it's easy to remember. But yeah, just yep. go to the Unsafe Space website after the show airs. It'll be there. <laughs> a, a, a form, an unsafe uh, knitter made me my beanie, by the oh, way. Oh, really? It's yeah. an awesome beanie. Yeah. Um, Carter, gave me, Carter sent me this for Christmas. Um, so I, I chose this hat for the, for doing this show. <laughs> I have videos of me going me. into businesses and being confronted mm -hmm. for not wearing a mask in Minnesota. And I've wow. talked to people who have been in other states who had mask mandates in place, who went in maskless and no one ever said a word. But I have video mm -hmm. after video, five or six maybe minimum on my channel that that show just how fascistic the 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 mm -hmm. mask mandate was and they love they had people that loved trying to enforce it 
the, one of the, the most confrontational was a video of me at Trader Joe's in Rochester. And then the second most confrontational was one at Lowe's. And then the other one was at uh, a Goodwill thrift store. Wow. And no, uh, no one ever said anything to me at Lowe's or Home Depot here about not wearing a mask, even when three quarters of people were wearing it. Our Nobody even regional, said anything. Our, our upper Midwest regional um, home improvement super center called Menards, which is just like it just dwarfs what Lowe's and Home Depot. Yeah, as far as I'm actually familiar with it because I was in uh, northwest Montana visiting yeah. my parents for a couple weeks. They have them there they, too, right? Yep. They, they we went in one because parents said it's so easy. Guards during the pandemic. They hired armed wow. guards to carry Mask. rifles and handguns to meet you at the door and enforce their policy. I would not shop at a store. Don't keep, I, I, I don't vote go with your feet, right? I, I know. Yeah. If I would known that I would, I bought something in one. Oh, yeah. two months ago like I, you know if i knew that i would never have gone there but we were my parents told well, me I'm, to go I'm go see it it's so amazing you. you ruined it for me i thought it was the most amazing hardware store we walked around there's like hunting clothes and and stuff for deers and and beautiful hiking stuff and everything you could possibly want for a farm and and in the a huge gun section in the back like they're enforcing the mask mandates that's very disappointing uh, yeah, yeah the, that, well, that the, didn't, the, that didn't, the that Montana didn't Menards maybe didn't, but in Minnesota and Wisconsin, I know they were and their head. I can't imagine them doing that. I mean, I follow all the rules. Uh, I don't know if you watch my, uh, traveling with firearms video. I follow all the rules as best I can. And I spend a huge amount of time learning it. I carry a, a specific, I don't even carry a gun with, with the, with the, you know, 17 round Glock or something. I have a 10 round Glock. Because I don't even want to have a magazine that's got the extra spaces. I don't have a gun that can do that without a like a f extended. So I do that, and I still got a. I still go around Connecticut, and Massachusetts, <laughs> driving to New Hampshire. But um, so, I would say that the easiest check-in I ever did with a firearm in a plane was in Kalispell, Montana. Yeah, and they just oh. looked at me. Um, they asked me a couple questions. I love Kalispell. Oh, it's a beautiful town. There, there. So I don't think there's any way a Menards in Kalispell. I don't know if there's one there. We were in the next town at the south of that lake. Um, that's when we went in. From being there, I was there for almost three weeks. I don't think there's any way a Menards there would do that. It's just not that. Oh common. yeah, Northwest Montana is not like that at all. I talked to people that said they never wore a mask, and nobody ever said anything. Like that's what that place is like, even though they had mask mandates. The, one of the funnest protests I was going to tell you, it's in a town, uh, a couple towns north of me at a place we go regularly. It's, it's a little, it's a really small business. That's a cider brewery and they make awesome cider. And we ride my Harley up there and, ha and fill up our growlers and come back on nice Sundays, you know, um, that guy is like the total stand up. Like I'm not shutting my business down. No way. He never shut his business down. And at the time, like that, that's the county with the insane Democrat sheriff who we want. <laughs> the sheriff, the, the chief of police and the police, uh, the uh, FBI, um, the mayor, the town council, uh, the county council, they're all like, you got to shut down, threatening them, telling them to arrest them. He's like, I ain't doing that. 
He just like saying he was making these great YouTube videos. Like, I'm not doing that. You guys are crazy. I'm going to need so a link to this guy. They did a, they did a um, cease and desist and said they would arrest him. The FBI was going to arrest him. And he said, why? And he said, you, you, you not, you shouldn't be open. You're not allowed to be open. And he said, well, well, okay. So what he did is he entirely switched his business to take out, which was already really big there. Like growlers are a big thing. Their, mm -hmm. their cider is amazing. And it's a little tiny place. The, the whole bar is like the size of my living room. And I live in a condo. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a tiny place. And they have a pretty, they have a really big outside area with two different stages. And they do music there. One of the stages is like a 1930s international flatbed dually diesel farm vehicle. Totally rusted. And the guy welded like pieces of containers and stuff and made this beautiful stage out of this thing. And they keep the tires inflated, sitting there looking like it could drive, but it hasn't been driven in like 40 years or something. That's their stage. So what they do is they start holding huge music events there. And they don't pay the musicians, only tips. And there's like really good musicians went to do it because every place is closed they were making more money on tips without you know because they yeah. they couldn't get there gigs some big else. names there's like yeah. musicians that do a three-month tour in europe every year we're playing there because nobody else was playing even the people that might would have done it and they had their bar open they couldn't afford to pay these guys so right. the economically they did so anyway he started hosting they were started being open like twice a week and sometimes they gave away their cider for free and sometimes they didn't. And they encouraged uh, uh, bring in whatever alcohol you want. And there's like four other beer breweries on the street. And they're promoting the other beer breweries. They're, they're, yeah, they're they're helping each other. They're helping you know, each the other. Thing... And then, and then they, they had this massive party in the middle of the lockdowns with him under threat to be arrested. And everybody knew about us. And we all went. And everybody's in there. Nobody's hardly anybody's got a mask on. They gave away like massive amounts of cider. People had like, are you going to eggs? And the, the, the end of it is the FBI came and told him you have to close. And he said, I'm not selling any food. I'm not selling any drinks. What are you going to close me for? And they went back to their car and called Washington and called the, sher the sheriff. And he goes, you can't do anything. He's not selling anything. It's just I'm like, not... a... yeah, when there was, do, it was massive. And, and that, it was on. It was on like Tucker. Car he was on Tucker Carlson for doing that. He had drone. They set up drone pictures. The, the and he, he never shut down. He never ever shut down. The thing with Lisa, you know, is yeah, that ultimately, um, she she just continued to operate until it got to the point where operating was literally like financially, if, in my understanding of this, it was just mm -hmm. it was just fiscally impossible for her and she ended up facing charges they ended up putting a warrant out for her arrest um and at the time in minnesota sheriffs were given jurisdictional discretion as to who they would uh, allow to come into their facility because of the coof you know and and so basically what ended up happening was sheriffs would determine like anything that's a misdemeanor or a gross misdemeanor or lower would not be even arrestable on a warrant unless it was for a violent crime. So like a domestic abuse situation that hadn't risen to the felony level could be arrested. Mm -hmm. 
or you know a, a non felonious assault of some sort could be arrested but other than that they couldn't so lisa technically even though she w- had a warrant out for her arrest in minnesota nobody in minnesota was going to incarcerate her during the, all of the covid stuff because mm-hmm. they 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 were doing their best to keep covid out of the detention centers out of the jails and out of the prisons and so the sheriff's like i'm not chasing her down on this misdemeanor yeah. arrest warrant that's a decent sheriff at least he stood up to that there again i i cr- could critique a few things that he did and i won't in, in the sense of like we all have to make decisions so but what mm-hmm. what sheriff Freitag did was said i'm not going to do this well kelly don martinez hauled him into court. He, she hauled the sheriff into court with the county attorney of Freeborn County and tried to have him charged with contempt of court. He's not... And if people don't understand what contempt <laughs> of court is, like she was literally arguing that the sheriff should be thrown in jail until he complied with the arrest warrant. And so Lisa ended up being arrested in Iowa, transferred to... Uh, had to sign paperwork. I there again. I'll let Lisa tell her story. She got she ended up being arrested. She ended uh-huh. up being arrested in Iowa after she was spied on by law enforcement. They did a, a they they did a intelligence gathering mission. Found out where she was. Arrested her on these warrants at the behest of the state of Minnesota and of the city attorney of Albert Lee. And the chief of police, you know, the chief of police was, you know, he's he's not out of this just because he wasn't necessarily involved in the arrest because he was part of this. Lisa ends up being a pro se and sui jurist in her own case. Goes at one time to present paperwork to the city attorney, Kelly Don Martinez. And I have video of this, and this is one of the ones that Carter showed was how she was treated by the city attorney of Albert Lee. And in the process of this, Lisa complied with the mask order. She put on a facial covering. She signed into the city hall. She was escorted to the, the city attorney's office by as Albert Lee city employee. Was then treated like dog feces by the city attorney, who then ordered her city, her her, her legal clerk to push a panic alarm to have Lisa removed, even though Lisa presented no threat to building or property. Six to seven Albert Lee Police Department officers showed up. And Lisa asked a panic alarm. Sure. On a panic (laughs) alarm. Sure. Which was a violation of Minnesota state statutes, an actual violation of Minnesota state statutes. And the, and the Lieutenant Jeff Strom, who ended up running for sheriff and lost last week, Lieutenant Jeff Strom of the Albert Lee Police Department, instead of chastising the city attorney and having her charged for using a panic alarm unlawfully, covered for it. And Lisa asked what happened. And one of the officers said, somebody may have accidentally pushed a panic alarm. Well, we know that's a lie because we have the video and it's on my channel where you see the city attorney order the clerk to push the panic alarm. And as Lisa's getting on the phone to call the sheriff and say, they won't take my legal paperwork. Can you send somebody over here to serve this for me? The city attorney's clerk says, don't worry, law enforcement's on their way. So they knew full well what they did. She skated it's a on setup. it. 
It's a it was setup. a setup. It, she, she, and that city attorney and her clerk skated on that. Wow. The city of Albert Lee Police Department covered for her, covered for them. They faced no repercussions for that. And then Lisa ended up going wow. to trial last year in December on the first, I think, the first six charges of the total of nine at the city level where she was ordered, ordered by the judge. It, 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 judge Joseph Butel, people need to understand this. He's still a judge in Minnesota in Thanks the third district his name. court. His Thanks name is Judge name. Joseph Butel ordered her to not mention the Constitution of the United States in her defense, <laughs> ordered her I'm, I'm to sorry, not bring that's... up constitutional law, told her she couldn't. Yes, there you go. This, there is, it is. this, is, your, yeah. this is your Bible, sir. Th- like that, Yeah, <laughs> constitutional originalist, that's your Bible in that sense. <laughs> and and then, just just for the sake of irony, after reporting me, to the BCA and the FBI and filing complaints about me with my employer, the city attorney of Albert Lee summoned me as a state witness against Lisa and approached me in the lobby of the courtroom telling me, by the way, you're not allowed to bring up the Constitution when I have you on the stand. Could you bring up the, the Minnesota Constitution? No, I could not mention the Constitution Either one. at all. And she goes, if you do, it'll be a contempt of court. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. That's. I think that's a like, if I didn't laugh, I would cry. That's right. ludicrous. It's ludicrous. That's that's the top, the Constitution and the... My, the very actually, my position, the Minnesota Constitution is the highest law in Minnesota, other than restrictions in the U.S. Constitution. But right. either way, if you can't bring up the U.S. Constitution... You can't bring up the Constitution! Either one. I can't, I, I can't bring it up. You can't. You cannot bring it up. And the the judge, if the if the prosecutor tries that, the judge should just end the case. You can't. You can't. Even, you shouldn't even have a prosecution. That's my view. So the right, judge, so, the judge so has the duty to shut down the case. That's so so last December, Lisa ends up being convicted, and in by a jury of six. In the sentencing, Judge Joseph Butel departs from even the request of the prosecutor who by the way excuse the terminology is a bitch she is she's a bitch um he departs from the prosecution prosecutorial request spends 20 minutes dressing lisa down i'm there for this by the way i testify i get off of the stand i looked at i look at the judge and said your honor May I be allowed to observe the rest of the proceedings? The city attorney protested, tried to argue that I should not be allowed to stay in. And even this jackass of a judge said, uh, there's, are you going to call him again? And she's like, no. He goes, then why should I have him removed from the courtroom? The reason she didn't want me in there is because she knew I was going to make a video about what I was observing that day. Which, of course, I did because, you know, Keith, you know me. Um, That's fun. That's <laughs> so I made a video on my way to testify that day, and then I made a video afterwards. So the judge spends at least half or more, three quarters of his address to Lisa, chiding her and mocking her 
for keeping her business open and thinking that she was a political activist and told her, you're not a political activist, you're a criminal. A political activist does Could. political activism the right way, and and they take their complaints to their s- state representative and to their state senator to get these changes made. You were just profiting off of everyone else by keeping your business open while everyone else was a good citizen. So he sentenced wow. her to 90 j- days in jail. 90 days. He confined her, imprisoned her for 90 days on misdemeanor charges and told her he was doing it to make an example of her. He told her that. He, I'm he, making even, an example he openly admitted it. He openly wow. admitted it. Lisa so has when the I transcript. Wrote, when I wrote petty tyrants in this promo show, like that's that's definitely true. Mm. It's petty this, tyrants. This guy thinks he's king. He thinks he's king. And unfortunately the courts are letting him be the king. Well <laughs> right the, the, like a king, he's a he's a local judge, or she, he or she's a local judge who has declared the Constitution of the U.S. and the Constitution of Minnesota null and void. It, it's just mind blowing. I people <laughs> need to understand this, and Lisa can tell you so much more than I can, obviously. She, but she just will. This is yeah, this is this is kind of an intro. So people, yeah, this is intro. This is nothing compared yeah. to what Lisa can tell you. Maybe, maybe story, so. I can tell you a lot about my story. I can't tell you everything. We, we want to get we want to get to that, but as just a briefly. What's the breaking news on Lisa? So the breaking news is that two weeks ago now, uh, Lisa. It, well, let's go back further. Almost a okay, month. Okay, whatever half you have ago, to do. Yeah. Um, almost a month and a half and a month and a half ago, someone contacted me from the from the inside and told me uh, Kelly Don Martinez, the city attorney of Albert Lee, that was like persecuting, literally persecuting, not prosecuting, persecuting Lisa Hansen. And I have a whole series of videos explaining how this goes predates even COVID. Uh, There is something going on there with this woman and her attack on Lisa's business. Did she know her before COVID? Oh, there's, yeah, there's a whole history of things that were happening before COVID with this business that that it's very clear that this city attorney wanted Lisa out of that building prior to COVID. Coffee and wine. I think you said... I. Somewhere they wanted her building, like it was rented to the yeah, city I can, and they wanted her uh, if building. You, if you want, I can send you the link afterwards and you and Carter can throw the link into that conversation. Okay, that yeah, please Lisa. do that. Yeah. Yeah, um, like you said, it doesn't Lisa get published till tomorrow. So there's Yeah, time I'll to do send that. that afterwards. Um but they they something was going on there. Um Wow. And, That's even and, worse. Like everything you say to me, it's like, oh, this is even worse. Oh, yeah, it gets worse, worse, right? It's just, and that's kind of what Carter and I had talked about when I, when I had told Carter about the story and yeah. he said, we got to get Lisa on. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Well, so Lisa does her 90 days. Minnesota's a two thirds state. So you do, you know, 60 out of 90. And as long as you're good behavior while you're in, then you don't have to do the full 90. Um, which she so, never does bad behavior. She yeah, seems Lisa like the person like, that never in her life like, has done any bad Lisa behavior. Lisa ended up being like they picked her to be like the laundry girl, you know, like we like you. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. a hard worker, you know. So so from watching her a couple of videos of her, like she would have been the kid that the the mom just said, Oh, you really shouldn't do that. And she, oh, okay, I'll never do that again. Yeah, right. Like that's that's the she's just who she is, right? I'm guessing, but that's what. No, she's, she's just a me. sweet lady. She's a sweet mom. She's a sweet, mm-hmm. she's sweet, you know, citizen. She's a uh, a sweet grandmother, and it's so 
what ended up, you know, being really, you know, mind blowing about all of this is that all of this is going on. The, the city attorney and the chief of police attack me. Everybody sees the handwriting on the wall. Well, we get news almost two months ago now that the city attorney had resigned. Hmm. Public sector employees have protection, and I understand that to some degree. I think it's right. But the inside scuttle, and I can't confirm this, but the inside scuttle is that it was really kind of came down to the wire. The city council and the mayor and the city administrator looked at this, the city attorney and said, you're out of here. You're done. We're going to give you the opportunity to resign, you know, save face and leave. Well, she got confirmation she has actually resigned. The irony is, are you ready for this? She's no. now a defense attorney. <laughs> She's a defense attorney employed by the same county that crap canned me <laughs> for my positions. Yeah. That's right up there with the, one of the FBI's on the Governor Whitman kidnap team getting yeah. promoted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, so, like that's. Go ahead. <laughs> so she, I believe that she had caused enough of a stink in Albert Lee that they saw that she was going to, you know, like they're not out of the woods yet with this situation. Oh, that's good. But they, so they might actually be held accountable. I think that there's, and I'll let Lisa tell more of her story uh, on that. Uh, but that's a clap for Lisa. Yeah. Uh, that's so not easy to do even up, in Florida or, or yeah. New Hampshire. It's not easy to so do, what Lisa, to do that. So what Lisa ended up doing was like, okay, so now negotiations started and they didn't know who was going to be the prosecutor for Albert Lee. They're trying to figure that all out. Well, about two weeks ago now, I got another text message. Hey, just so you know, Albert Lee has dropped all the remaining charges. That's the breaking. On, well, and, what and had this happened is what... was Lisa finally hired an attorney who is in the video that I did. Oh with yeah. I remember a that week and, a week and a half ago. Now she did so a GoFundMe Lisa, page, right? That's what, was it a GoFundMe or she does have a GoFundMe. Yeah. I she did, when I've heard about that, I contributed to it. Lisa does did hire an attorney. He's a, a, a solid guy. And they kept saying like, take this deal, take this deal, or let's put this off for another year. And this attorney kind of kept telling them to pound sand. The last time he told them to pound sand, they came back almost immediately and said, that's it. It's done. We're dropping all the charges. Well, of course, then the attorney that they hired to make that negotiation tried to spin it like, well, she's not going to get any more jail time. She's not going to get any more fines. She's already learned her lesson. So we've just decided it's not worth pursuing. <laughs> well, what it was, was they realized they were going to get their butts <laughs> handed to us, that this I've attorney was it, not yeah. going to play ball. And so they did drop the charges. So Lisa's That's not good. facing any more criminal charges with Albert Lee, but there's still stuff hanging out there wow. at the state level. But so it's a victory and it's not a period victory. It does. It's not a hollow victory at all. It's an actual victory. <laughs> it's funny. It is a victory. It, it a is absolutely victory. victory. Lisa is a hero in the movement here in Minnesota. And I think quite frankly, Lisa is a hero across the United States. I think a lot of people could learn from her. Um, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people that talk big. I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday you know, there's a lot of politicians and there's a lot of attorneys and a lot of doctors now that everything's kind of coming out, coming out, wanting to be heroes. Okay. That's good. I'm glad I'm, we're getting a story I'm, out. I want to do what I can to get this story out. So people are inspired. I'm going to tell, tell people reason. the same thing that I told this person that I was talking to yesterday. The people I respect the most mm -hmm. are the people that stood up from the start. 
And Lisa Hansen's one of those, damn it. She did. She really, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. maybe she she complied the first go around. A lot of people did. You yourself said, I wore a mask a couple oh, of times. Oh, I did times. a couple times, yeah. Yeah. I think we all saw a little bit of it and said, okay, let's see what's going on here. Some of us, not as much. Some of us, a little bit more. Some of us woke up fast. Some of us, you know, it took, it took a little time. But Lisa's a hero. She is a hero. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a patriot. They call her the Patriot Princess. And <laughs> and she's a yep. hero. She's she stood her ground mm-hmm. and she suffered for it. She lost her business. And other people got drugged uh-huh. down, not by Lisa, but by a system. And you know, and, and I I said in one of my one of my videos and you know, talking about the the, the city dropping the charges. There are not a lot of people who have bled in this fight with Lisa the way I have. And that Lisa's bled more. Lisa's lost a lot. She's lost a lot of reputation because people have kind of looked at her differently mm-hmm. now. Um, but I've bled with Lisa on this because I stood with her and they hated me. They and you ended up losing your job. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they came after my job. They, they, but the thing is, is that the fight for my job predates even my introduction to Lisa because I spoke out against mm-hmm. the mayor of Rochester in, um, on May 30th of 2020 when Kim Norton of Rochester stood on the steps of the law enforcement center in Rochester and said, it's high time that, that minorities in, in Olmstead County and in the city of Rochester finally felt safe in the hands of law enforcement again. And I spoke out the day after she said that never identified where I worked, never identified who Mm. I worked for, never said I speak as a representative for the Olmstead County Sheriff's office. I, I speak as a representative for the law enforcement community. I just did a video on my drive home that morning after she said those things. And I said, Hey, Kim Norton and other elected uh, servants, you need to choose your words carefully. You don't, you, you can't say thing inflammatory no. things like that. Well, yeah, that night, a black person. Yeah. That, that night, hmm. the chief deputy of the Olmstead County Sheriff's office, detention, detention services approached me and told me I needed to be careful with my content. <laughs> and I asked him, did I violate policy? Nope. Did I mention where I work? Nope. Did I violate the First Amendment? Did did I do anything wrong? (laughs) Nope. I he said, I said, so what's the problem? He goes, Well, you filmed it while you were driving. And I said, Yeah, I used a hand free hands free device. He goes, Well, that's still technically distracted driving. And I sent an email after that meeting. (laughs) I wrote I worked on this email. I detailed the entire conversation that we had that night. And I detailed it and I said, hey, here's here's what we talked about. Here's what I'd like clarification on. I'd like to talk to you about this when, you know, and and he never responded. It took him to well, actually I shouldn't say never. It took him two weeks wow. to respond to that. And then he said, oh, I'd like to talk to you about this in person when you come back on days because I was on a rotating schedule. It's... Never had a meeting with me ever. Never met with me. And it wasn't until February 19th of 2021 where I got called out of the housing unit I was working, escorted out to the housing unit by my sergeant. And I walked into this conference room and the chief deputy's there and he's 
He says, you're going to have a seat? And I said, well, what's going on? Do I need my union rep? He goes, no, 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 I don't think so at all. So I'm like, okay. I sat down and he says, well, you're being, I'm giving you this formal uh, notification of a disciplinary step notice. I said, hold on, that doesn't work for me. I said, I'm going to, I need to go get my cameras. So I got up, walked out of the room. And as I'm walking out, he said, you do whatever you need to do. And I'm like, I will. <laughs> and I went and got my cell phones and brought them out. And I'm recording. I record it. And it's and the unredacted video is on my channel where I'm I reading this. The most surprising part about all this is that you still have a YouTube channel. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. Um, uh, Carter, Carter, there is one thing you need to edit here. <laughs> <laughs> There's... Um, uh, that I, I have him on video. I say, I'm asking questions. I'm asking questions, legitimate questions. And he said, Hey, I'm not, I'm not Todd. I'm not here to debate you. And I'm like, I'm asking questions. Is this, he's like, I'm like, when I asked you to meet with me about this, you said we could, and then you never did. And his response to me was, I believe policy is clear. So then later, in that same meeting, like seven to eight minutes later, I said, now, now that you've given me my disciplinary step notice, I don't know what, what happens from here. I would like to get back together and talk about this. His response at that time was, I think that's a good idea, but I'm going to need to talk to some people first because policy can be debated. In an eight minute span, he went from policy wow. is clear to policy can be debated. Policy debated. So, but one debate item I made, like you said, okay, that's distract. Handheld camera is distracting for a driver. So is it uh, distracting for a police officer to wear a body cam? Is it distracting for a truck, commercial truck, tractor trailer driver to have a camera on traffic for accidents? That's what he's saying, right? No, what he's saying is is that uh, I had him over a barrel and I had outsmarted him, and that was his only answer. That's <laughs> okay, what he's saying. Yes, is that he's a, good... a giant. Brian Howard, the chief deputy of detention services in Olmstead County, is a giant idiot, and the only thing he had was a technicality. Mm -hmm. And I took that away from him because I says, you know what? I promise you, chief deputy, that will not happen again. As long as I'm working for the sheriff's office, that's a good caveat. <laughs> And, and and yes, that's a good that's a good stand. It, you might as well be clear, right? Like, is mm -hmm. this really what you're saying? And and here's the deal: be clear. I applaud you, sir. Yeah. And so, so what <laughs> ended up happening was is that I I I said, hey, look, I'm getting an. I sent an email. I said, I need clarification. I'm being invited to speak with elected politicians, like big names in Minnesota. I'm being invited to yeah. speak at events. I'm being invited to host events, to MC events. Uh, wow. I, I'm, I'm like, am I allowed to do these things? So I asked this in a question. I'm like, I need to know these things because I need to commit or not commit. Not as a sheriff. Not as a deputy, as a deputy but sheriff. for my content on my channel. I yeah. mean, now I'm, I'm catching attention in a positive what, way. Yeah, what they're saying, attention to me. You're restricting because of your job. They're saying the first amendment doesn't apply. And the, yep. the Minnesota right to free speech doesn't apply right. to you which is and there are jobs that have that um and i myself had a job like that for 30 years for having a secret clearance but mm -hmm. the stuff i was not allowed to say was like 
what does this particular electronic Job system related. do? Um, yep. What what is the uh, sale date for a, a aircraft carrier group escorted by Aegis missiles and LA class subs? Right. Like I wasn't allowed to tell my wife that, and I never did. Now she might know because I spent a week in Louisiana <laughs> before a ship was leaving. Like, but she would never. She knew not to say that. Oh, and my wife is a electrical engineer and she has her security clearance too. And you're, you tell me a little bit about your job, like totally entailed that, you know, what you're not allowed to say. That's all job related. This is, this is never clearly freedom of speech ever. Never talked about where I worked, never spoke as an official representative. So I asked for these clarifications, right? On, so that's February 19th where I'm written up February 24th. I'm summoned back to the conference room she, the my sergeant says hey the chief deputy's got your clarifications for you let's go out and grab that and i'm like okay this is great thanks appreciate it walk in because in that meeting i demanded i demanded all of the documents pertaining to the complaint against me which was my right it was my right wow. yes he said i don't have them all i can have them for you the next time you work this, this so, is the Alien and Sedition Act again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So February 24th, they summoned me back out to the office, out to the conference room. He says, I cannot provide that to you. And here's notification that you're now being placed under internal investigation. Yeah, yeah. as a deputy for saying nothing to do with your job in any right. way. That's, placed, and what I meant by that, like that's right up there with the, the law that someone who opposed the president who, who wrote something in opposition to the president's policies or Congress's policies would be put in jail, but it didn't apply to the vice president. Right. <laughs> and that passed. Yep. And was that, signed that actually by the happened. Yeah. Alien oh, that actually happened. And, a lot, and yeah. like, I think 3000 people or something, mostly journalists were put in jail for doing that. College students protesting the war during, during the alien sedition act were thrown in jail. In prison. Right. In prison. No due process, no trial, no nothing. Just throw in jail, yeah. That's what um, this is. That is exactly yeah, what this is. Absolutely. And they kept me. So get this. Mm -hmm. Not only was I on, on under internal investigation, but they kept me on duty. <laughs> so I was under internal investigation for 60 freaking days working with that stress. <laughs> and it also shows they don't actually really believe it. They're just making well, he example. flat out said, "Look, if I thought this was serious, I would have I would have put you out on administrative leave." So at the, I end up having to sit down for. They hired a private attorney. Her name is Michelle Soldo out of the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. If you guys want to know who she is, look her up. She's a witch. I um, love you putting all these names out. Oh, that's I'm awesome. I'm a name dropper, by the way. Yeah, I, that's that's like. Um, they hired this <laughs> private attorney, um, Soldo Consulting Group. She's basically herself. Um, they hired. her her i'm imagining i don't know for a fact but i'm imagining to the tune of 200 or 250 dollars an hour the way attorneys are paid these days to that's investigate super me cheap. for 60 I guess that's days a, that's a super cheap attorney yeah that'd be well for she's government super cheap. for government I mean, she's she's government. a legal whore um yeah that's like a like a 200 dollars divorce divorce lawyer rate. right exactly <laughs> you know yeah you could do your own divorce here's your divorce kit for 75 200 um I don't want to talk about how much mine cost. Yeah, right. With my so one of my good this... friends being my ex-wife and us calling each other and say, you tell your lawyer this, you tell your lawyer that, right. blah, blah, blah. Like, that's how so that the worst. I don't so want to they... get into that, but it's so the legal system. they hired system. her to investigate me. Um, 
she, you know, I had to sit down for an interview. They put me under Garrity. In other words, I had to agree to be cooperative and tell the truth and everything. And anything that I was said could not be used against me criminally. Well, they knew that they couldn't charge me criminally with anything. So they they used they, the Garrity to force me to comply with this. I walked in. I set a camera down to record my own interview, which by state law I am allowed to do. She looked at me. She looked at my my union attorney who was doing a phenomenal job representing me and said, if he doesn't turn that off, this interview is over and I'll report him as noncompliant. If you're what noncompliant in a Garrity investigation, they can fire you immediately without cause because you're being noncompliant. The attorney looked at me and said, just just turn it off. It's we we can win this fight. Oh, no he, what? Oh, he wanted you to turn it off. Well, he already he, at that point, he I knew I already knew what I was lo- allowed to do by law. She violated the law. It's, a, it's the, a, I would interpret it as a tactical decision. Like that was he, a better it was very tactic. much a tactical decision on his part because okay. he knew if I, if we pushed it, which we could have, what we could have, I could have won that, but I, I wouldn't be getting paid. They, cause they, she, she used to... that. She could have used, she would have used that to shut down the meeting and it doesn't matter that she's not allowed to. Right. Exactly. Um, I've had and, that problem as board president it. of a condo association and yeah. had to use she, the same thing. She would have spun it in a way to make me look like I was trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. And so, and my attorney said, look, I'm not here to talk on your part. I'm just here to make sure you have, that you're not being mistreated. He told me after this meeting that, he has never interrupted an investigation interview more times than he interrupted this one. And there were times he looked at her and told her, this is a witch hunt. He said, you're not investigating, you're prosecuting him. It's like you're prosecuting him in an arbitration meeting right now. And that and went it's, on for it's, two hours. They selected you as an example for the yep. same reason she they selected beat Lisa. up on me. And he even made the comment, he said, she wasn't ready for you. Oh, she was not ready for you because I didn't play ball. I didn't cower. Stood I didn't. It, I, it is the only way to handle these people. Yeah. That's the only way that works. You can't do any other way. In my and experience, so I, and from stories I've heard, yours, Lisa's, and a lot of others, that's the so only way. They concluded the invest. She concluded her portion of the investigation on April, let's say 25th or whatever. Mm-hmm. On April 20, on April 30th, as I came into work, I was going to go punch in. My sergeant grabbed me and said, hey, we need to go to the conference room. And I knew at that point what was going on. Uh, the chief deputy was waiting for me in the conference room. It's like 5, you know, 55 in, in the evening. And uh, he said, well, you're being placed on administrative leave. Which is a step. Right, which is in a the step. Direction they're going. And, and so he looked at the sergeant. He seemed so magnanimous. He goes, hey, Sarge, why don't you go? And I don't want to put the sergeant's name out there because he's a, he, he treated me very well. Okay. Um, but how, Chief Deputy Howard's like, hey, Sarge, why don't you go get the rest of the team in? And then I'll escort, I'll escort uh, Mr. Pearson out. And as we're walking to my locker afterwards, he, he says, hey, so I just need to ask, are you care- did you bring your sidearm with you tonight? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you mind if I secure that from you while I'm escorting you out of the building? And I stopped and I looked at him and I said, Brian, what kind of crap are you saying to me? I said, you know, for a fact, I would never do anything to harm you or my team. And I said, it's personally insulting that you would talk to me that way. 
And, and that's true. I, he knows I, that's true. He knows it's true. It was it was a it was a, a slap pansy move slap. on his part to try and seem tough. And he and see escorted me to my locker, and I gathered all my stuff. Oh. I had emptied my locker like three weeks before because I knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. And there's so much to my story, folks. If you want to see, there's a playlist wow. about my this fight, but. He escorted me out, trying to make small talk. And I'm like, he goes, you know, it's not personal or something like that. And I'm like, no, this is personal. I was like, Howard, this is personal. He's going along with picking you as an example. And I said, you know, this isn't done. Right. I'm like, you know, this isn't done. Well, we ended up having another meeting. uh, And, and for the, and I think my, my attorney said that I'm going to do something that I don't do very often, if at all. I'm going to have you speak on your own behalf at this meeting. So I met with the oh. entire county, county, the head of Olmstead County's HR department, a couple of other representatives from the HR department. This county attorney sent a representative down along with the chief deputy. And there are like eight of them. And then me, my union rep and the union attorney. And the you the HR head put me back under Garrity and then said, Well, how would you feel if we told you we had you on criminal charges? And I said, if you have me on criminal charges, then why aren't you charging me? And he said, Well, we have proof. I said, I I quoted the philosopher from Atlas Shrugged. I said, I reject your pre I said, I reject your premise. And you need to inspect your premise. Check your premise. Because if you had the proof, we wouldn't be sitting here. We would not be sitting here. He goes, what do you mean? I said, if you had proof that I, well, what if I told you you had proof? I said, you keep telling me that you, what if you told me you had proof, but where's your proof? He's My attorney was sitting there. You can see him going. He's he's presenting a hypothetical. He's presenting. A, he wants me to admit to something. And I said, I'm not going to admit to wrongdoing because I didn't do anything wrong. I know that's what you want, but that's not what I'm going to do. So at the end of the meeting, the HR head looks at my union rep and said, or union attorney and says, Hey, I think we need to go have a private meeting. So we agreed to meet somewhere afterwards. He went up and had this private meeting. We met somewhere. I bought him a beer. I said, Hey, thanks. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you representing me. He says, I need to ask you a couple of hard questions. One, do you want to fight this? I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, they don't know who they're talking to. I mean, I had research, I had researched for hours on their dime, by the way. You're going to put me under discipline and you're going to challenge me. I'm going to do my legal research while I'm working. And I did that. And I had, I have all the court cases in history about public servants, public employees, public sector employees, having the freedom to say things and do things off duty because I work for the public sector. Yeah. Like, uh, like you, you can't tell me I can't say something because of the kind of job I have. Yeah, you so, you're you're doing a uh, you know to go back to this. That's called petition the government for redress of right. grievances. Absolutely, it's nothing to do with your job. It doesn't matter what your yeah. job is, and, and you're so, you're protesting lockdowns. That's not a. Yeah. And, and yes, I'm disobeying executive orders, but show me where that's a punishable offense. The criminal activity is on the part of the governor, right? And so, and so he he said, okay. And you want to fight this? And I said, yep. And he goes, okay, well, I have the report and I've already started to look through it. And I'm telling you right now, it's BS. He said, you've got, le- you've got legal grounds. If you could find an attorney, a private attorney 
you've got legal ground. So if you know anybody, Keith, who would like to take a look at my stuff so we could take this attorney and the city of Albert Lee and the chief of police of Albert Lee and the former city attorney of Albert Lee, if you know anyone, send them my way because I would love to just make them feel the the financial pain because it's the only way you hurt a government entity. Yes. Yeah, who, them... who would do, who might do that? Chris. So, well, you, we about Chris Ann Hall. <laughs> you know, Chris Ann, you want, if she wants, to I, 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 I don't know her well, she doesn't know who I am. I've met her personally several times and yeah. that's well, the thing. And I've gone to her classes that. and all that. <laughs> who, who else? But no, if I emailed me, uh, I mean, I've interviewed her on a show. Um, she, she yeah. I'm thinking about that. That is the kind of case she takes, but I know she's super busy right now. Oh yeah. But, anybody, um, but she travels, she travels th something like 300 days a year. Uh, I, I can't think of a better attorney to take this case. And this right. is an example. She does exactly the same thing that in these kind of cases. Right. And, and like her writing, a, she'd write a letter, pretty strong statement. And they go and look and see who she is. They'd be like, uh Oh, I think yeah, that's what right. they would do. I don't know if she would do that. What I kind of sentiment can we offer? Pull with her, yeah. um, but I was recently going to a class with her, which she, uh, she canceled in in a place I can walk to, and have and you know, of course, the one you can. I've walk been to there with her. There, it got canceled because of a family thing with her. That's why it got canceled. So it's fine, and they refunded so her they... money. But yeah, she's she does she does more stuff like that in Florida than the other states oh of course this was a meeting with a liberty group that that is local that i could i ride my scooter or walk to them and I, um chris ann hall's been a guest there several times yeah i told him i said yeah let's fight this and he was like all right he says because this report's bs he says i could rip apart That's everything in this report yeah. but i'm your union i'm your union attorney so i can fight this but i can't handle civil stuff mm -hmm. So I was out on administrative leave um, from April 30th of 2021 until um, the, the middle of September. But wow. about the beginning of September, I, he asked me, he said, they're, they're, he says, I got to ask you, what you know, how far do you want to take this? And I said, look, if it's up to me, I'm like, I'm fighting this, but this is going to drag out. And he goes, yeah, this is going to drag out for a long time. And they're going to try and drag you through the mud. And it's going to be really tough. And I said, okay, they're going to try to bankrupt you. That's what they'll do. They'll try to bankrupt well, they're, they you. They so want to get destroy you on an emotional level. They want doesn't, from what I saw in the last hour, that's not going to work. <laughs> they want to destroy you on a psychological level and they want to beat you down. And it's hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. Work. I spent the summer last year just, I just hanging just hanging on waiting you know dreading my phone ringing dreading my emails wow. coming in and it was it was horrible it was traumatic and he he called me up and he said well they want to know what you want and i and i said what do you mean he says well they're looking for a settlement and i said look the way i'm feeling right now i said we fight this all the way to the supreme court because you told the uh, the HR rep in the meeting, like if we take to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court's going to rule on this in favor of Todd five to four. They're going to rule <laughs> on his part. He goes, I guarantee you, they're going to he's going to win this. And it is the kind of example case that there are groups that would do that. Yeah, it's a perfect and, example. You're the perfect one. You know who so, used to do that? Unfortunately, the Southern Poverty Law Center. 30 years ago well, would have taken this one like me now so now they're the complete opposite they they would take the the what the sheriff did 
to what the mayor yeah, did they, to they the would, Supreme oh, Court yeah, and argue for her. Right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's I was just thinking of people. That was uh, hashtag sarcasm. Um, no, they would not see so what that. They ended up. They're they're like my one of my goals with Rebel Civics, long term goals, is to get on the Southern Poverty Law Center's uh, anti government list. <laughs> and get Rebel Civics on that. That would be like super success. I want to build up my channel to that point. That's a goal. So, you know, you know somebody who's on that, Chris Ann Hall. Oh, she's of course. That, she's I, one, you know what? I haven't looked. The I might only, be on there. She's the only individual on the anti-government extremist list. They're all the rest of them are all groups. She's the only individual. That's pretty funny. So, I told her when she told me that, I told her that, oh, I would be proud. I'm making you should be proud. I'm making that my goal for my show. Yeah. That's what I told her. So what I so I he goes, Well, what kind of what kind of settlement would you want? And I said, Well, the way I'm feeling right now, they could pay me out until my retirement, which would be about one point six million dollars. He goes, You know that's not happening, right? That's reasonable. That's reasonable. I'm like, I feel like it's reasonable. And he goes, well, why don't you take some time to think about it? And I said, so why are you asking me about this now? And he said, well, because I know they're going to drag you through the mud and you're going to have to go back to work for them when you win. He says, and you're going to win and you're going to get paid all the way through, but they're going to drag you through the mud. And I said, okay. He says, I said, so, but what's going on? He says, well, I got to tell you something. And I said, what? And he goes, I didn't tell you this the day of the meeting because I knew what your answer would be. He said, but that very that very day after the meeting, I had the private meeting with Julian, the HR head of, of the Olmstead County um, uh, Human Resources, like Julian, the head of the entire county's HR department, sat him down at his desk and looked at him and says, what do I need to do to make this go away? I don't need this noise anymore. And... I told, I told my attorney, I said, Hey, here's the deal. I'm not making an offer. I said, if they want this to go away, they can make me an offer, but they had better not insult me. And I mean that I said, they had better not insult me because if they insult me, it's going to piss me off. It doesn't look like you're the type that tolerates bullies very well. I don't tolerate bullies and I don't tolerate insults. Um, and and I mean, like insults on my character. You can call me a moron all day. I know I'm a moron. But uh, I looked at him. <laughs> on sarcasm. The Hashtag sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I looked at him in a, in a in that metaphorical way. And like you do with your cell phone now. Where you're like. And I, I said, here's the deal. I said, don't insult me. They tell him not to insult me. He went back and he says, you guys want this to go away. You have an opportunity right now to, to make an offer and don't insult him. The very first offer they came back with came from Sheriff Kevin Torgerson, who just won re-election because he was unchallenged in Olmstead County. Three weeks pay. Three weeks. <laughs> Three weeks. Did you he laugh? didn't even wait to tell me. My attorney didn't wait to tell me. He told me he could shove their deal up their ass. That's what the attorney said. Yeah. And that he told him that. And then he emailed me the offer and said, by the way, I've already rejected it. Because <laughs> he knew. He knew. I, I was pissed. I was like, what are you? It's insulting. It, because it I says had they're not serious. They're not serious. Oh, no, they were serious. That, well, they're not serious about making an offer that 
is well, what it ed, means what anything near what was they that were done Kevin to Torgerson, the sheriff himself, was the one leading the charge against the settlement. He wanted me hurt. He wanted me hurt. And he was pissed off that the HR department was telling him, you're not going to win this. You are not going to win this. If you fight this, you're not going to win. He and he's demonstrated this over and over and over again. He does not like anybody who has a who thinks for themselves. So we talk about constitutional sheriffs and we talk about, you know, you know, good sheriffs. Kevin Torgerson's not a good sheriff. He is not a good, he's not a constitutionally minded sheriff. He talks the talk on the, you know, in the public, but he he is a horrible, horrible person when it comes to how he treats staff. And I, you know, I just did a video a couple of weeks, you know, a few weeks ago. I have a series on my channel called Defining Good Cop. And one of the videos, the most recent video that I did in that series, details how he had a deputy in the detention center used a taser on a passively non-compliant detainee. In other words, the guy wasn't a threat. He wasn't threatening violence. He just didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> That's and the, He's and lucky he didn't get shot. <laughs> well, under the circumstances, yeah. Uh, but this deputy used a taser, which was a direct violation of the Olmstead County Sheriff's Office use of force continuum. And, and any person with the slightest bit of morals. Right. Or, or, or any kind of morals or ethics used a taser. Yes, he got put on administrative leave, but then he was allowed to retire with full benefits and got a party. <laughs> and is so he, this is, incident, he's like the, the 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 sheriff's deputy in Parkland school mass shooting who hid behind a concrete column right. yeah, <laughs> and so, retired with full benefits. So they they throw a party for this guy who violated this individual's civil rights and constitutional protections. And the in the super and the and the supervisor, the sh the sh the shift supervisor that day, not even so much as a slap on the hand that anybody's aware of, because he's the one. They're like, "How do you mm -hmm. want us to? What do you want us to do with this?" He goes, "I don't care what you do. Just get him out of that cell." That that's Nothing. this is your tax dollars at work. Tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Another wow. situation: a deputy was in a, a Zoom meeting for training, drunk. Talking smack during the Zoom meeting, gets summoned to the chief deputy's office the next day, shows up drunk, drove to the meeting drunk. You know, you know how much discipline he got? He got a ride home from the chief deputy. He got a ride home. He got a ride home. He was out for a few days on administrative leave while they helped him find the treatment. Came right back to work. Nothing. Oh, by the way, that same deputy, before he was hired, had a history of domestic abuse. And Chief Deputy Brian Howard wow. gave him a ride home when he showed up drunk for the meeting. After abusing, after doing After being a speech, jerk and drunk, drunk in a training meeting. <laughs> and three so, days of administrative leave paid, right? Yeah. Paid him. He gets a three-day vacation and a ride home from the chief deputy. But me and there are at least five others who had no kind of, of, of problems like that were massively abused. But in particular, my case is even worse when juxtaposed against the guy who tasered the dude and the guy who showed up drunk. Tasered dude or the drunk. Well, did the drunk wear his mask when he talked to people? 
<laughs> I, well, here, just in the interest of full disclosure, not once, not once did I ever refer, ever refuse to wear a facial covering while on duty. Not once. Wow. Not once. You're, you're compliant on that. All you're doing is you're just telling people about what the government is doing and going to the governor's office going and, to protest. and petitioning for yep. redress of grievances. But not once did I ever tell another deputy not to wear a mask. Not once did I ever tell another deputy I wouldn't wear a mask while I was on duty. I always wore my mask when I was on duty. And so, so you never told them that it doesn't work and it's stupid. Oh, <laughs> which which is true. The early hours <laughs> of the morning when everybody's talking about why do we have to wear these stupid masks when we're in a housing unit by ourselves and all the detainees are locked up. I'm like, I agree with you. Like, we all know these things don't work. But when I'm working without and, and I didn't have a strong religious reason why I couldn't wear a mask. And I hate when people make that religious argument. Like my religion, like there's nothing in this in, in the Christian that scriptures that say you don't have to wear a facial covering if your boss tells you not to. I do know people who would say that that are I, devout, and, and I would debate them the, on that. But I, I would enjoy that. I might. He's one of my good friends, and maybe I'll have him on with you. So his view on his view on the Bible is that Jesus says that you have to comply with the government, and and that's why you have to pay your taxes to the, the Roman Empire. That's that's well, his version. And I've debated him with that using I, arguments by my father-in-law, for example. Imagine like, no. That. My um, father my father yeah, I told you a little about him before, but I, I'll just mention other people. He he was a uh, Christian missionary, ran a large missionary organization. He's pretty much a libertarian though. Um, and he thinks that the Bible requires that. Sort of. I, I don't want to put thoughts in his head. I don't think he would directly say that, but I, that's I how, would, that's how I we vote. I would, I would just, I had to shift my view on places like Romans 13 and first Peter two it's, in it's my Romans life, 13, because yeah. when you look at what this, what from the Christian perspective, when you look at what the scriptures say about obedience to government, it says mm -hmm. that it, it says that government it, Romans 13 in particular, and I, and I know mm -hmm. this isn't in your wheelhouse, but... No, actually, or, I'm a, a lifelong atheist who knows what Romans 13 is. Right. And heard the arguments on both sides. <laughs> I don't mean that in a disparaging way, bro brother. Um, oh, I know, I know. I know. It, but for the Christian, there's really kind of... There's this overwhelming sense of, oh, Romans 13 says that you have to submit yourself to ruling authorities. No, what it says is that you submit yourself to ruling authorities because they're appointed by God to be... To be representatives of what is good yes and and if they don't my understanding of it is if what the person is doing who's appointed by god if he's not following what jesus said he doesn't have you don't to have to the obey government actually chris ann hall she's actually a better one to use because this is totally up her alley um she says that a christian has the duty to do that to oppose I, exactly government. and i and i agree with chris ann on that and, and that's the it, and that's the romans 13 argument right yeah Chris. that's Christian the other side of that is to defy unjust yeah. immoral unethical governmental behavior and the other thing that i remind people of all the time is if you want to talk about who the you know because you ask keith and you know this because you talk to people you ask people who's the highest authority in the united states everybody's handle shoot up and you're like, okay you bill in the back row who's the highest authority the president no it's not the highest authority in the United States is not the president. It's me. It's actually it, the, it's no, not me and it's you. It's the Constitution. 
Uh, no, actually, it's the people have. Well, we're bound by the Constitution, but the people the can change it. People can change it. And the people come directly underneath the Constitution. And all elected servants are subservient to the people and to the Constitution. And so if elected, mm -hmm. if an elected servant or an appointed servant is doing something that is unethical, immoral, unbiblical, whatever terminology mm -hmm. you want to use, or violates the Constitution, the Constitution overrules them, and, and you obey the Constitution and not that person. And so, yeah, yeah, that's so. So, I would just want to. You, you may actually think this because it's the peep, the way I do it as civics, teaching civics, teaching right. civics to sixth graders. Um, well, you the, know, the, the, the order in the United like fourth States, grade level, because that's where I'm at. <laughs> I can't teach it, and that's why we're going to start on unsafe space. You know, do you know about the Redville Civics Academy series? I started, I haven't heard I've only done that. one show. It's a separate part of Rebel Civics. Oh, nice. And I teach, I did the first class about a month ago. We had six uh, kids on from sixth grade to 12th grade. And I did a one hour, about a 50 minute block, one block on the constitution. And I've taught in schools as a guest teacher from sixth through 12th grades on that. And on civics, other civics topics. Uh, actually in my county, I'm only allowed to teach it in a homeschool collaborative because the superintendent of my county told me you have to have a law degree to teach a one-hour overview of the Constitution. And they don't let teachers do it unless they have special certification. They're not allowed to teach the Constitution. They bring in lawyers, and you have to have a law degree. You have to have a uh, Most of the lawyers law license. The Constitution. This is in like this is one of the most red counties in Florida. Yeah, you most have to lawyers have, don't even know how to teach the Constitution. That's just weird. I debate lawyers all the time on it, and I just laugh at them. And I usually point out in the beginning, like I have a huge advantage over you on this. <laughs> yeah, I day. haven't been to I'm law a, school. I'm a, <laughs> yeah, my my argument is I haven't been to law school, and almost all lawyers will. Some of them will sit back and go like this, and most of the other ones will go, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> I took constitutional well, law. It's I'm funny a, I, that you say that. My degree is constitutional law because if you've yeah. read. If you if you're a law you have a law school degree from the United States, you're at a serious problem. I can just read the Constitution, I don't know anything about it, and it's in English. It's written at a level that any person could read in 1770, uh, 1781, 91, 1791. That's the level it's written at, and a lot of people then understood it perfectly fine. It takes about an hour to read. Uh, I understand it. I've read it probably five hundred times. Um, it's funny that you say that. I understand about it all. It's funny that you say that about the attorneys, because one of the questions that the attorney they hired to investigate me was, where did you get your Juris Doctorate from? And I'm like, <laughs> they what kind you of question that? is that? And she's like, what's that well, again? What is that? <laughs> she, where where is did that you get your Juris Doctorate from? And I'm like, you know, I don't have a Juris Doctorate. The, the goes, street, man. I got it from the street. <laughs> well, she said, well, I don't know that. And I said, look, you've, you've told me you could find pictures of me in uniform on the internet i'm like yeah you could find those pictures because my employer put those out there i didn't put those out there you can find them because my employer put them out there i she says well i said so you mean to tell me that you can't figure out whether or not i have a juris doctorate she goes well you talk like you have a juris doctorate and i i think i said something along the lines of and what's the problem with that she goes, well what's your expertise and i said so I what, what she's doing what she's doing, uh, you probably know this, it's called the genetic fallacy. Yep. So she's not looking at the source that she's looking at the source 
of the words, which is you, not mm -hmm. at the words. She's not right. arguing. Like she may agree with what you say. She's not even saying that. She's saying right. that you're not qualified to say something that's true because I don't. Because, right, your because I don't have her approved level of of. It's of a it's education. a automatic lo automatic lose in any debate. Mm -hmm. Any lawyer should know this. It's a genetic fallacy oh. that can never win a debate. It's my lose. my just like union, lost. The union attorney says you had her. He said other than her trying to persecute you in this in interview, she, you had her on the ropes. And that's funny. Yeah, I, I while we were, while you we were talking, I like I look up. My, I have a quotes list. I look this up all the time. I actually have this one memorized, but I wanted to be careful before I said it on the air. Um, I know Romans thirteen from Chris Ann Hall mm -hmm. from a really good friend who's the other side of that. You have to do mm -hmm. anyway. This is a quote from Scott Horton. I want to see if you recognize why I know what Romans thirteen is because I memorized this. This was in a debate with somebody about uh, following the government. Scott Horton said, it says in the Bible, boy, you do whatever the president says if he's a Republican, Romans 13. <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer. I like, what, what did you say? <laughs> I backed up and played it like three times. And I it love in. Scott. Scott, I met, I've met Scott in person. I had, uh, I met him. Up, <laughs> we had him up here for an event in Minnesota, in Minnesota for the, oh, wow. in the guard yeah. and uh, got to have dinner with him that night. And then I've had him on That's the show. Cool. So I met him briefly at Porkfest last year, and I'm hoping to get to know him a little more this year. Because do you know Keith Knight? He's, I know he's Keith. one of the. He wrote the 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 uh, what's it this? It's a it's a play on Michael Malice's book about secession or something. Anyway, I'm I'm uh, I volunteered to help him. He's speaking at Porkfest this year, and I'm the FSP volunteer that's helping him make oh, nice. you know, arrangements and stuff. So I'm getting to know him a little through email, um, I, and he's I, going with Scott Horton. <laughs> like I, if I get, I, I, I have almost no reason. I would never go to Massachusetts. We've driven the last three years in our, with our camper, me and my girlfriend from Florida, South Florida to Mass to uh, New Hampshire for pork fest, including the year when pork fest was the only libertarian public event uh, in the U S and they think in the world. Because it's yep. just like it's a couple months after the shutdown, and even New Hampshire was shut down. The pork fest, just the Free State Project folks, um, they had an event with three thousand people with hardly anybody wearing a mask in a big campground with speakers. And Dave Horton did a show with people shoulder to shoulder, and and it turned out a couple people did get COVID from that. But it, like that's that crowd. <laughs> and the, oh, the police yeah, well, there didn't bother the sheriff and police there didn't bother them because they know to mess not, with a bunch of libertarians at a party <laughs> they they know they don't come into there no when there was a problem last year with a bunch of drunk locals like going around and harassing campers at like one in the morning and uh they had an axe throwing thing set up on a hill and they're like soup so drunk they can't even walk and they're throwing <laughs> axes and so at like one o'clock the, the guy in charge of security finds out he calls a couple of the, 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 uh, they call them the, the security. And I was a volunteer last year in, in the FSP security. I have a, um, me and my girlfriend took the Florida armed security officer training okay. and qualification. So I, I told the guy that and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, please help. So, um, they call up a couple people, like two guys, they go down. There's like 20 of them they're harassing these guys so they call on a couple more free state guys and they call the sheriff 
And the sheriff came and parked on this public street in front of the campground because they knew three or four free state guys would have no problem with 20 drunk local teenagers starting axes. And they just <laughs> politely brought, they told these kids, you, you're coming with us. You're coming with us. And <laughs> I don't know what they did. I wasn't there, but it took three people and they took 20 super aggressive local teenagers and walked you know, frog marched them down to the a couple of sheriff's deputies waiting at the on the public road in front. They <laughs> they wouldn't go into the campground because they knew they didn't have to. <laughs> That's what security's like there. You go there, uh, I, yeah, I won't, won't go into that. It's too much, but just so you know what that community's like, maybe you should move to New Hampshire. I'm not going to move. They always try to tell me to move. I've been in Florida That's, though, not I in get Jersey. that. Everybody's telling me move to Florida, move to New Hampshire, move to Hampshire. Texas. And I'm like, ah, I like my seasons. I I, I, I wouldn't. I don't tell very many people to do that, but you live in Minnesota. So you got a tough argument, the most common yeah. argument against it, including yeah. my girlfriend who only ever saw snow once in her life. Marxisota. So Marxisota. Mar That's a great name. I the never people's heard that one. the people's Republic of Marxist or people's state of Marxisota. I coined that but, like very, yeah. very early in my in, in the history of the show. So so but yeah, Fort they Fest, Fest, like three thousand people. They say it's it's not in the United States. The campground is not in the United States, and the owner's totally into that. One a couple years ago, the the county food inspection people found out there's all these people selling all kinds of food, right? And the trucks, like, no commercial no jurisdiction here. They came in, they bought like a team into the into the and tried to shut down. Yep. The thing, the free state people frog Random. marched them out yeah, of there. Frog marched them right out. They yeah. frog marched them I and said, the "Don't you, don't you ever come back." I love and they the never have. Yeah. They don't go in there either. You can you can sell whatever you want there. And the environment is like one of the quick ways I summarize it. There'll be like two professor looking guys in bow ties arguing mm -hmm. about Murray Rothbard and Mises. Yeah, Tom, and then Tom Woods. <laughs> five kids. Yeah, Tom Woods is there. I've talked to Tom yeah. Woods there. You know, and and right next to him is a typical New York uh, Hebrew with with the hat on and the long yeah. hair in yeah. like business clothes who looks mm -hmm. look exactly like you're in new york mm -hmm. except he's got an ar-15 on him <laughs> yeah it's like that's free state and yeah, no nobody messes if you walk anybody that was thinking about a criminal activity you walk into that campground and look around at all these like families doing stuff and people making speeches and a You'll lot of people look a lot of people are open carrying a lot. Yep. I open carry there, open carry Glock there. Like I a open, lot of people do. I open it's, carry it's pretty a, much everywhere where I every, everywhere I go in, in Minnesota. Cool. So I'm not allowed in Florida. We I have to conceal carry. Yeah. Which, which me and my girlfriend something often. You do. need to get uh um, depends on where we're get, going. You need to get the armed fishermen on your show. The armed fishermen. You're gonna have to send me a list. Yeah. He walks yeah, around nobody he walks around the entire state of Florida carrying an AR-15 on his back and a, and a, and a oh, sidearm. Oh, wow, that guy. I yeah. yeah, I've never while talked to him, but I know that guy. While he's fishing. I think you guys would have a blast. So, um, the, That's I know a good that, idea. And, and just for background for people that don't know, the only way you can legally open carry if you're not a, in the government is if you're fishing. You're allowed to when you're fishing. fishing hunting, including or camping. Going, yeah. Well, yeah, hunting and camping, it depends on the place. And most, I mean, national parks, state mm -hmm. parks in Florida, you can, actually, you can open carry in, in a campground. Yeah. But you can certainly conceal carry almost everywhere, rest stops and stuff like that. Yeah. But one place you can is the post office. 
Yep, federal. So I have to put the gun in the center console when I go in to get our PO box. I can't count I the number of funny. times I've like had to catch myself going to the post office. Go oh, the post office. It's so funny, and you know I'm old, so I remember the postal, like where the postal comes from. I, mm -hmm. I like think like actually the post office is one of one of the places I do want to carry. Yeah, right. <laughs> No it's kidding. more likely than the grocery store. I mean, a grocery store here, pretty much everybody says, like, there's never going to be a mass shooting in a grocery store in Florida. Like, there's like, no way you like get Texas. very far. Like, who wants to? <laughs> who Texas, wants to they don't do that. Texas. Don't you have to go know. to gun-free zones. Yeah, like here, here you, you, there would be no surprise if some 75-year-old lady pulled out a Glock and shot the guy in the, yeah. in the head from 30 yards like that's what florida's like I, for, for me anyway we're we're getting off the topic Far the, the general so, topic here that i want to close with i see your story and lisa's story as being examples as i said i might have said it earlier of the same thing your, your targets picked out for reasons of being a good success and Lisa is this, I did say this, this soft-spoken, super sweet mother, coffee shop owner. And you're a deputy sheriff and a long-term veteran. And, and you look at you and you look at those two cases, they span pretty much the range of American citizens. That's pretty much the whole range. And they had no problem going after you or, or her if you were useful as an example. Like they could care less about your lives. Care, could care less. If you're useful politically, they're going to mm -hmm. go after you. And you, you, both you and Lisa have showed how you can stand up to that and win. One so of the, I, I honor you. I'm honored yeah. that you're on. I'm going to be honored to get Lisa on my show. It's awesome yeah. role model Lisa, for Lisa's, all Americans. Lisa's far, far more entertaining than I am. Um, She's prettier too. Well, I'm glad that you said that. That makes me feel a little better. Um, yeah, I, I don't mean to be sexist, but that's just no, it's, the way you know, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> and mean, that makes her more of a victim. If it were me and Carter, and you said that Carter was prettier than me, I might be concerned. But I will let you say that Lisa's more. Why? That's concerned. true too. Wow. Don't you think? <laughs> I don't think. No, Carter is not prettier. <laughs> no, you're not going to say that. Okay. Uh, love you to pieces, Carter. But He's no, you're not younger. Prettier. Oh, well, oh Carter has to edit this. I'm sorry, uh, Carter. Carter has to edit this so he can get out on time. Oh, he'll leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> he could add. So, Carter, if you'd like, there's two things you might. No, you cannot take that out, Carter. The other one. So, okay, good. The, All right. He, he's the guest. The guest. The guest, guest position wins on that. I, the thing. The funny thing was is that as the settlement was being negotiated, because they were going to terminate me and. You know, I had veterans preferences and or veterans protections and stuff in place. Mm -hmm. So even through the whole fight, even if they terminated me, they would have to continue to pay me and, you know, give me benefits and all of that stuff. Um, so it would have been worth if it was just me and I didn't have to worry about anything else and didn't have to worry about anybody else being drugged through the mud and the stress. I, I'd, I'd probably still be sitting here doing my show and getting paid for it. But um, the the attorney said that they didn't even my understanding is they didn't even try to put a gag order in the settlement agreement because i was very clear i said i want them to under <laughs> i want them to understand i will not sign any kind of gag order or any nda mm -hmm. i said because the mm -hmm. day that this is finalized the video is going out and his <laughs> and his response was i don't think they've un they understand who you are or what they've done <laughs> and i because by well, that time he knew you were not going to be gagged he yeah knew. He, he knew that and he knew so in fact no... he actually called me and he said 
how close are you even without a settlement? How close are you to start telling your story? And I said, very. And like said, se- 7 p.m. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, like right now. Um, <laughs> because I was getting phone calls from journalists from across the state wanting to know about oh, wow. my involvement with Lisa. Were they journalists who would say the truth or would they use that to spin it was it? me it was legacy media types you know so oh so they um, would use it to spin whatever i had a guy from the saint paul pioneer press i think it was or maybe the minneapolis star trip i did a video about it he called me up and says you want to talk and i said i'll talk to you i said but you i i said you have to understand i'm going to beat you to the press with this i says i'm going to do a mm-hmm. video immediately after getting off the phone with you talking about our entire conversation that's going to be yeah. out before yours and um, the attorney tried to use that against me because he says, well, where do you work? And I said, you don't need to know where I work. What do you do for a living? I'm not telling you that. And she's like, well, why wouldn't you tell him where you work? I said, because I, it's none of his business. It's not relevant. And it's it's not a genetic relevant. fallacy. It's, it's gen- genetic fallacy all over again. So, so they ended up making me an offer. It could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot worse. Could I have fought? I absolutely could have fought. But the stress on the family and everyone oh. else was just getting to that point. And I needed to get on with my life because I couldn't like, if I'm fighting mm. this, could you imagine going and applying for a job? Where do you work now? Well, I technically still work for the sheriff's office, but I'm not working right now because I'm under disciplinary procedures and we're fighting it. Would you like to hire me? As a private <laughs> investigator or uh, armed security officer, <laughs> would you would you like to hire me? No, it's like like the gas station's going to look at you and go, "Nah, that's probably not going to work for us." You know, I, and yeah, it's and amazing so, you would stand up to that and with a family. And so I just I just said, you know, it's going to hurt financially, uh-huh. and if people are interested, I do have a subscribe star. So, <laughs> but uh, I would more than anything. <laughs> More than anything, I just I would love for people to you know find the channel and subscribe and watch the videos. That's the biggest thing. I'm still putting out content. I'm still talking to people like Lisa, and Minnesota uh, is a gift that keeps giving when it comes to political and constitutional commentary because they can't pull their heads out of their collective derriers to put a, somebody decent in office in this state. So I foresee we're going to get locked down for something again because Tim Walls just won re-election. So, oh, he did after yeah, all that. Yeah, after all that, he I won re-election. Him. Yeah, would you consider voting with your feet? I, you know, I moved here. I lived in, born, raised, and lived in New Jersey for thirty years, and uh, so I was in that environment. I was in an environment where it never once mattered if I voted. Nobody I voted for ever won ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not even once. So I'd be like, why was why am I voting? I, so I, I just kind of. Like, like it's not, and then New Jersey is a communist state. New Jersey is one of the few states that does not have the right to keep and bear arms in its state constitution. And I actually argue with people, they talk about constitutional carry. I'm like, well, not in New Jersey. You can't have that in New Jersey. It's not in the constitution, and the state majority by far doesn't want it. And there's probably no one in the state government that wants that. Oh, they're no. totally opposed to that. New Jersey is a state that, uh, if, if you, if you're if you're tra- if you're flying from say Texas to Maine and you're pl- and you have a uh, connection in Newark mm-hmm. and your connection you get snowed in and has to wait till the next morning so that don't take your gun don't accept your don't, don't not accept, accept your yeah, yeah. there there was a guy don't accept a magazine yeah 
even you can't even yeah, absolutely. there's a, there's a famous case in new jersey when i right before i moved here where a guy was arrested because he had a the uh, ar-15 cartridges were were magazines were were pretty good price they were on sale in his local shop and he's going to visit his brother in maine so he brought one he gets delayed overnight in newark takes his carry-on when he goes back to check in they throw him in jail and they're and they were going to put him in jail for like a year for that's new jersey yeah he had a a magazine without any bullets in it he had no ammo no gun nothing no other firearm parts he had a piece of plastic with a spring that's what he had that's a one-year jail sentence in new jersey and there's no right to keep him bare arms there so it's actually hard to argue against it i don't believe in the corporation doctrine so anyway me so let's yeah i want to close with that note so thank you for standing up i'm honored that you're on We'll, well be honored I'm with humbled that you asked me to come on. Um, and uh, yeah, Lisa Hansen is a coup. So thanks for that. That's going to be a great <laughs> show. And so reminder, I think I said it earlier, but some people come late. Um, we're working towards having Lisa Hansen on rebel civics next Wednesday. And so this, I want to, I want this to be a one, two punch as strong as I know how to do it. And I'm going to promote it everywhere I can. Oh, Lisa will um, knock, Lisa will knock it out of the park. So that'd be, her that'll story's be awesome. Amazing. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for well, that. I appreciate it. And, Keith. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I think, I think we had, we must've hit, I forgot how many topics we could do a whole show on. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. Awesome. It was, All it, right, was a, so, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, Would you say your links, you said your YouTube channel and your, go- um, and yeah, your- Minnesota, you can Minnesota black robe regiment on YouTube, um, on rumble. You can find me on Twitter even, uh, at mm-hmm. robe regiment but or you can just type in minnesota black robe regiment and look for me there um telegram this twitter is fun to watch by the way tell people <laughs> <laughs> i might say inflammatory things from time to time no no <laughs> but um, uh and, and uh you said a uh what was the page for donations to your channel Oh, subscribe star. I do have a subscribe star. You can just go to subscribe star and look for Minnesota Black Robe Regiment podcast. Um, I'm working on putting more exclusive content on there. Um, it's, it's as you know, it's not always easy, especially when you're working a full time job and you mm-hmm. got to do it all on your own. I don't have a showrunner like Carter or Beverly, so <laughs> yeah. I am my own showrunner. So, and uh, <laughs> all right, well, uh, thanks for coming on, and thanks for see you see you all on next week with hopefully with lisa hansen so goodbye for now thanks for sticking around until the end if you're new to unsafe space check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from james Lindsay to brett weinstein and please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. That should be easy for someone of your intelligence.
the following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.